You know, if we aren't careful, we have a tendency of communicating in language that people don't fully understand. Uh, but you get the idea that words can sometimes be different for the communicator and then different for the one that they are communicating to. They can mean two absolutely different things. And the, co the concept is not always there. But we must, as a church, and we must as individuals, be very, very clear that living for God is much, much more than just standing up and making a declaration of change. It is not a New Year's resolution. You don't wake up one morning and you just simply declare, I'm going to do right from this moment forward and I'm going to somehow make a change. It can only come and it must come from the absolute recreation that comes with a walk with God when Christ comes in and he begins to work in our lives. So when we talk about change and we talk about being a different person, we must make it clear that absolutely what we are saying is that in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold all things are become new. To live for God to walk with God. To be redeemed and be saved indicates to me that I am not anything like what I used to be. So when people come and they tell you that I'm struggling and they tell you that I just can't do it and I can't make it, I need to look at them and say, you're absolutely right and neither could I if I didn't have the power of God working in my life. Neither could I if I didn't have my walk with God to fall back on. I am here to tell you that there must and there absolutely has got to be a church somewhere and dear God, let it be us that can grasp a hold of the reality that to change the world is going to require a supernatural element that cannot be done by any other way except having the power of God at work. Because we must be recreated. We must be absolutely redefined. Who we are must be so different that when you look at us and when you see me, you see somebody so absolutely different than what I used to be, you even begin to wonder if it's the same person or not. And folks, that doesn't come by a New Year's resolution. That doesn't come by just simply waking up one day and saying, I want to be a better person. I can't do that. I can tell you the number of times. I can't tell you the number of times I've heard people come to church and I've heard them say, I'm going to change, Pastor. I'm going to be different, Pastor. I'm going to do something different, Pastor. And they will come to an altar and they will shout and they will dance and they will cry and they will just wet the whole altar with their tears. But they walk out the back door and nothing has changed. There's been no transformation in their lives. They've equated that power of God with just simply the actions that were done at an altar. I want to tell you it takes so much more than that. 
It is no wonder when they came down out of the mountain when Jesus did and he found the disciples there. They were praying for a young boy that the father had brought and, and they wanted to heal him because he was having a demon that would throw him into the fire and it would do something to him and the father was desperate. The father was hungry. The father wanted something more than just a pat on the back or an attaboy. You've got this or you're a good father. You're wife watching out for your son. He needed something more. He needed something supernatural. And the Lord came down out of the mountain and he appeared to the saints that were gathered there, his own disciples. And, and he, he saw this big melee going on down there. What in the world is happening? What is going on here? It looked like it was a mob rule argument, if you would. He came down out of the mountain and he told them, what in the world are you doing? What is happening? And they said, Lord, this man has brought his son to be healed and we prayed for him. We did everything right. We went through all of the motions just like we've all always done and we've done this before we've watched you do it and we did everything just like you did Lord we had all the steps we followed the pattern we did it down to the book but nothing is happening and you know what happened can I just talk to the church today that's us <laughs> we all claim to have a walk with God in this house today What they did is they brought a reproach to the name because they did not have the power to back up their actions. They didn't have the authority and the spirit to, to back up their declarations. They could not look at that demon with authority and say, come out in the name of Jesus. Why? Because when Jesus came down out of the mountain, he said, there's something you guys got to know. It's not in the motion. It's not in the commotion. It's not in the loudness or it's not in the, the pattern or the way that you do it. He said, but I am telling you that you've got to have a supernatural element involved in this. If you haven't fasted, if you haven't prayed, then you have no business trying to test this this demon out, it will not work. If you haven't taken that moment, if you haven't gone into the mountain, if you haven't sat down on a rock somewhere out in the middle of the woods and had a time with Jesus, if you haven't sat down at an altar and thrown yourself on the ground and wept and cried and interceded, if you haven't taken the time to push back the dinner plate because you were hungry, not for food, but for a supernatural move of God, if you've never done that, he said that you've got no business trying to go after the enemy because you're not going to have the power to do it and what this world needs is us stepping forward embracing that supernatural element that we claim to have that supernatural element that we have said from the beginning we are apostolic we are Pentecostal I believe in the worship I believe in the dance I believe in the glory but I want you to know something without the power to back it up that means absolutely nothing because when the rubber meets the road 
You can shout and dance all you want and walk out that back door. I can give you a list of young men and young women that I have watched shout like nobody's ever shouted and dance like nobody's ever danced and worship God raised in the truth, raised in the word of God, raised in the knowledge of God, and yet they've walked out that back door with all of that shouting and with all of that dancing and with all of that power. When they left out that back door, they had no authority in their lives because they were so involved in the commotion they never really were changed down deep inside we are taking great strides in reaching our community we are taking great efforts in trying to expand our ministry of the gospel in this area and in others as well. It would be such a shame if somewhere along the line we did not realize and recognize that with all of that effort and with all of that work and with everything we're doing with the wonderful food ministry we did last yesterday, what a great time that was. What a wonderful time it was to reach out and to minister to folks. And we will continue to do that. But I want you to know that that's only one part of the whole scene. That's only one side of the whole venture. That's only one little part of what we were called to do. But we were called to bring to this community a power and an authority that we can pray and we can fast and we can reach the world with the gospel. Somebody once said, religion says, I obey. Therefore, I am accepted. Christianity, however, says I'm accepted. Therefore, I obey. You see the difference? Both might go through the steps. And both might go through the motions. But it's the reason behind it that makes all of the difference in the world. It's the reason behind it that makes everything right. You know, some people get exasperated because a real change starts with a new life, not just turning over a new leaf. It's got to have something deep inside. It's got to be somewhere down in here. And that can only change through the spirit and the power and the authority of almighty God. And if we as a church ever find ourselves outside of that, then we're going to absolutely realize we are powerless when it comes to the supernatural realm of binding and loosing. And I'm not even getting into all of that today. That'll be another time. But I'm here to challenge us. I am here to lay before this church, before each and every one of us here today, a challenge of the change that we need. We need a transformational change that will usher us from that little white church on the side of the road. We need a change to that powerhouse church that knows how to pray and knows how to fast and knows how to come against the enemy and knows how to come into a home and bring a spirit of peace when there's turmoil. You see, it's more than just trying to tell people to turn over a new leaf. Real change takes something deeper 
and something more. It cannot happen by just going through the motions. It isn't about the effort. Oh, I want you to know that the effort is wonderful and we need the effort. Without the effort, you're never going to get there. But it's so much more than that. It's not about giving them a list of rules and do's and don'ts. I believe there are do's. I believe there are don'ts. But I believe that if you don't do them with the proper spirit and the proper attitude, that's all they'll ever be to you are do's and don'ts. But if I accompany them with a power that I have prayed and I have fasted and the word of God teaches me this and the spirit of God is unctioning me to do that, then when I go into a home, I can come in there with a power and an authority. Why, pastor, do you do what you do? I do it because the Bible says it. I do it because I prayed about it. I do it because the spirit gives me unction to do it. I don't like it when people say, well, my church does this. Friend, your church doesn't do anything. The people in it do, but your church doesn't do anything. Don't ever use the excuse, well, my church believes this. I want to know what you believe. They sat there amongst themselves in that moment. Well, we believe that if we do this, that, or the other, then we can cast this demon out. Did that belief in that have any authority whatsoever? It did not. Jesus said the only thing that will work in this situation is when you come at it with a power and authority from fasting and praying and knowing that you've been in touch with God. Nothing else will work. You can have all the do's and don'ts. But without that supernatural element, you get absolutely nowhere. You get absolutely nowhere. Change is more than just turning over a new leaf. It's got to start with a new life. Secondly, real change is a process. It's not a destination. Nobody ever gets to a place of being everything that God has called them to be this side of eternity. I want you to know I don't care how long we've lived for God, how long we've walked with God, how long we've prayed Brother Cobb, how good we are teaching or preaching, none of that is really going to matter. Brother Stephen, we can have the best sermon in the world, but if we haven't prayed over it, if we haven't fasted over it, if we haven't sought God over it, then that anointing is not going to be there, and it comes down to being just mere words. It's a destination. It's something that we are striving for and achieving for. Our life is one of continual growth in our walk with God. I don't care where we are today. We need to be better tomorrow. I don't care where we are tomorrow. Next Sunday morning, we need to be deeper in the Word of God and more powerful in the realm of the Spirit. I have to have already attacked a few demons. I have to have already come at the enemy with everything I've got. I've got to already have the power at work because when we gather in the house of God that's the time when we have that throw down we're going to have at it devil 
We're going to praise God. We're going to worship God. And we're going to take it home with us. And that power and that authority is going to get out into this community. And we're going to see supernatural things. Would to God that people would say, I don't understand it. But I went driving by the church and something spoke to me and said, go in there and listen to the word of God. Oh, I'm hungry for that. I'm hungry for people to come up and say, I don't know you, but the spirit of God just told me I need to come get a word from you. I'm hungry for that. That supernatural element that cannot happen. It will not happen. And it is a destination. In one version, Philippians 1 and 6, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, we have not attained and we have not met a place where we can plateau. We are just getting started. What God wants to do, we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg in what God wants to do in this community and how God wants to outreach in this community and the power that God wants to demonstrate in this community. I get concerned when people tell somebody, well, all you got to do is pray this little prayer and then walk out the back door and you're saved. Can I tell you, I get just as concerned when we as apostolic Pentecostals tell people that the entirety of salvation is wrapped up in repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you that's not where it ends? That's just where it begins. That is not the end all and tell all of salvation. I can't come to you and say, all right, you've attained it. And from now on, you can go live any way you want and do anything you want because you've got the Holy Ghost now. Friend, it doesn't work that way. But it comes with amplifying and digging into that spiritual element that has just been introduced into your life. And we get deeper and we walk deeper Real change is a process. It is not a destination. And that means that there will be some people that come in our midst that don't see everything the way we see it. That don't comprehend it the way we comprehend it. That don't look at things the way we look at things. And we have to understand that we are all on a journey and we are all on a destination and there will not be any of us that are perhaps on that same plateau as everybody else is. I've got a lot to learn. You've got a lot to learn. You know, with me, my own girls have done this and I I used to tease it. You know that fad about where women used to wear ties? I hate that. You're going to split hell wide open. No, you won't. I won't say that. But I just don't like it. Now, that's me. I'm not telling you that you have to go by that. Sister Chassie, if you want to wear a tie next week, I'm not going to condemn you. I might tell you to go home and take it off. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. But that's something with me. 
We're on a journey. It is a process. It is not a place where uh, we are going to one day attain, but it is a destination. And we will grow and we will understand what that means. It's important for us to understand this uh, because from both sides of the spectrum, we need to get a grip on this. Uh, we need to realize, number one, that as good as I might be uh, or as all those things, uh, I still could be wrong in some things uh, in the back of my mind. Or there might be some things God requires of me that he does not require of of other people. There might be certain situations where I have to toe the line in one area, but others are at liberty to do it in others. I need to understand that. Now, I'm not saying that standards and issues like that are not important. I believe in them, and I believe that they are important, but I want you to understand that if we obey a rule book, then we are not really a transformed life. We're just being obedient to somebody's rule book, but when I am transformed, when my life is changed and I'm absolutely made different, then I will grow in my walk continually. I won't go backwards. I, 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 it bothers me when I see apostolic Pentecostals that are going backwards in the things in their walk with God. Back, The Bible even describes it this way. Can I just be blunt with you? The Bible describes it like a dog returning to his vomit. I never understood that until one day we had a sick dog. Yeah. That dog vomited everywhere. And to my horror, when it was all over, that dog went back and ate it again. See? But that's what it does to God when he sees that he has delivered us from things of this world. And he has brought us out of things of this world. And, you know, we have, we have declared before. I've known people that have declared before, God has brought me out of this, that, or the other. And then we find a few months later that they're right back in it again. That bothers me. Because I realized that there was no real transformation that took place. They were trying to be obedient, and that's a good thing. I, I don't want to argue against that. But if we want to see people's lives truly changed, then it's going to require a transformation that starts with us. We won't have the authority to declare the name of Jesus in a lost and dying world unless we've been transformed ourselves. Ouch. Everybody say ouch. It's the truth because it is more than that. It is an overwhelming thought that God would literally and actually share his divine nature with us. His divine nature by removing the desire for significance in our own humanity with that divine nature of sacrifice and giving and the rest of our lives taking on a new direction. I've heard so many people say, well, we're praying and we're seeking God and we're just trying to find out this out of the other. 
I've wanted to look at them and say, no, you're not. Can I just be blunt? No, you're not. And I've said that to a couple of people one time. Well, pastor, we've just prayed about this, and, and we just feel like we've got to go do this. No, you haven't prayed at all. They looked at me shocked. I said, all right, tell me, when did you pray about it? Well, um, last week sometime we prayed. I said, when did you buy your Xbox? How long have you had it? Oh, they could tell me to the day when they bought their Xbox. <laughs> when did you get married? Well, we can give you that date too. When, when was your children born? Well, I, they can give me all the dates. When did you start your new job? They can give me all those dates. I said, so you mean to tell me that you can give me the date you bought your Xbox, but you can't give me the date where God gave you confirmation to change your life and the lives of your family that was going to take you in a dramatic turn? You can't give me that date? I don't believe you. You have not prayed about this. Because if God had given you that confirmation you'd be able to give me a little more information about it. Am I being too blunt this morning? Folks, it takes a supernatural element. We've got to realize that, and we've got to understand that, that if we want to have real change, it is a destination, it is a journey, and we must be continually on that same path and continually on that same journey, and we must realize that every day I've got to draw closer and closer and closer. We have a very visible understanding of that every night. When we walk out and you look up at the moon, <clears throat> do you realize the moon has no light of its own? Absolutely none. The only time you see the moon is when it takes the light from the sun and it reflects it back. And thus we see the moon. And we've got the full moon, we've got the half moon, we've got the quarter moon. Sometimes we've even got that, 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 that moon where there's no light at all because, you know, the total eclipse of the moon and all of that kind of thing. We've got all that. And it's an absolute understanding that sometimes when the world gets in the way, the light of the sun is blocked. And I would dare present to us this morning that there are times in our lives when the light that we are supposed to be reflecting to this world, we allow the desires and the things that we have supposed to have already overcome. We allow them to steal the light of the sun. in your toes because this is where we are folks we have to ask ourselves do we or do we not want to reach the world with the gospel do we or do we not want to see an absolute transformation lastly can you give me just a few more minutes change Real change is about letting go of one thing and grabbing hold of another. God doesn't force anyone to change, but he calls us 
to change. He tells us, be ye holy as I am holy. And it, it might sound like an impossible task. How can I be holy? The prophet one time stood in the midst of that heavenly realm, if you will, when he was caught up in a vision, and he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I have no business being here. Because he realized that he was out of his element. How can I be holy as God is holy? But the Bible teaches us in Ephesians chapter number 4, and I'm trying to bring this down to a close this morning. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and renewed in the spirit of your mind, and ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. It is more than just letting go of the old. It is more than just saying, I'm not going to sin anymore. It is more than just saying, I'm not going to do the things I used to do anymore. It is more than just simply saying, I'm not going to be who I used to be anymore. But somewhere along that line, there has to be a transition where I let go of the old and I actually grab a hold of something new. And I say, Lord, I don't want to be what I used to be, but I don't want to be in limbo either. I don't want to be caught in the middle. I don't want to constantly be pushed back and forth, pulled back and forth, but Lord, I'm going to commit and I'm going to put off the old man, but I'm not going to stay there. I'm not just going to be in limbo. I'm not just going to go to church. I'm not just going to struggle all the time pulling back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Oh, that's got to be wearisome. People have got to get tired of being pulled back and forth. People have got to get weary of one day being pulled into something they know better than to be into and, and realizing it and trying to come back to the middle again and then being pulled back again and trying to come back to the middle. I promise you, when you live that kind of a life, you will never have the power or the authority that God wants you to have. To have that power, to have that authority, we must embrace a whole new way of thinking. The fight is no longer against the things over here. But we begin to realize the fight is a supernatural fight. And if I want to win this battle, I've got to quit fighting my old nature. 
I've got to somewhere in my life make a decision, and I'm talking to us. I'm talking to the church. Somewhere along the line, we have got to make that choice to say that I'm no longer going to be hanging in limbo. I'm no longer going to be just fighting what I used to be. I'm tired of struggling to quit sinning. I'm tired of struggling to quit wanting to go that direction. I'm tired of struggling to find myself wanting to do stuff I I shouldn't do, but I'm going to embrace a whole new way of living. I'm going to change. That's where the transformation comes in. It is not just making a choice. That's a big part of it. Don't get me wrong. That is a big part of it. Somewhere you just got to get tired of the old life. And you, you make a change. But that change has to be in such a way that when I put off the old man, I don't stay in limbo. I don't just try to live a good life and say a few thank you Jesuses and think that's going to get me through. I don't think that just coming to church on a Sunday morning or just coming to church on a Sunday night or Wednesday and and hearing the word of God and preaching the word of God. I've known people that get caught in a cycle. They come to church. They repent. They're blessed of God, anointed of God. They go out the back door. They get wrapped up in sin again and they come back a month later and they lay on the altar and they repent and they ask forgiveness and God does it and then somewhere along the line three months later they found themselves out there struggling with the very same thing and they want to come back to church and they want to lay in the altar and I want you to know that I will pray with them every single time with the hopes that one time one day it'll finally stick but oh that's a hard life to live it's a hard life to live It's hard. That's why he told the Apostle Paul, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. What was he saying? It's hard for you to fight this. It's hard. You're struggling. You're having a hard time. You want to break through into that supernatural realm, but you always find yourself back over here where you've got to repent and ask God forgiveness again, and you walk around with guilty feelings, and you walk around struggling, and you walk around looking at yourself. Can I just tell you, somewhere along the line, I want to encourage you that what you need to do is instead of fighting the old man, embrace the new. That's where we fail. We think that walking with God is about fighting the old man. It is not. It's not about fighting who I used to be. It's about embracing who I am becoming. And in the very nature of embracing who I'm becoming, the pull of who I used to be gets less and less and less. I don't do the things I used to do anymore but not because I'm told I can't. Not because the word of God forbids it, but my life has been transformed. And what I used to want to do, I no longer want to do it. 
because I've been changed. The desires of my heart are not what they used to be. The things that I used to want to do. It's not hard for me to say no thank you to a beer. I don't want it. Don't want a part of it. I've seen what it does to people's lives, and I, I don't want anything to do with it. It's not hard for me when, oh, too bad Emily's not here. It's, too hard, it's not hard for me when somebody wants to offer me some smoking pot. It ain't hard to say no. I don't want that. I've seen what it does to people. I don't want a part of it. You see, that's transformation. Embracing. While you're getting high over there, I'm going to get high in an altar. While you're over there uh, drinking <clears throat> that alcoholic beverage, I'm going to come in here and get drunk in the spirit. I loved hearing the reports of the last couple of services last week. Powerful moves of God. It's a change, folks. And, and, and we as the church, we as the church, if we are going to offer this world the change that they are looking for, they, they are fed up with hypocrisy. They see it every day. They read about it in the newspapers. They watch it on TV. They read about it online. Everywhere you turn, there are people that are flip-flopping on every issue you can imagine. They're hungry for somebody that will say the truth and will say it in love, but will also be the truth. And that takes transformation. That takes a change, not just in what we do, but it takes a change in who we are. And that's where we, as a church, the change must occur. We must change who we are every day to be more of what God wants us to be. Why? Because we're going to need that spiritual authority. We are going to need that authority to fight the demons that this world is going to bring our way. The picture is much bigger than just your life and my life. It involves this entire community. It involves this entire state. It involves this entire nation. We have got to be able to step into the realm of the supernatural and embrace the power that God wants to demonstrate in our life. Change is letting go of what used to be, but not stopping there. Embracing who God is taking us and challenging us to be. Can you say amen? We love the Lord this morning.